0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back rocking out live at Agency Nation Radio with my friends Isabel Rapinski. Am I saying that right?
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. And Sydney Hedberg. I'm so glad that y'all are here. Say hello. 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 Oh, I'm so happy. Somebody followed instructions. Who said hello? Hello. That was Sydney. Nice. Somebody followed my instructions to a D. I like it. So excited to have you guys here. Stacy's been bragging on you guys a lot. And so I'm excited. We're going to be talking about a pretty cool topic here that we're going to get into. It's attracting young people, attracting talent into our industry. That's something that we're going to be, it's a topic they're going to discuss November 4th at Elevate this year. So this is going to be fun conversation to have with you guys. So before we get into it, let's just go alphabetically. Isabel, can you give us a little bit of history on who you are, where you came from, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, so my name is Isabel Rapinski, and I am an account manager at Lockton in Dallas. I have been there for about a year and a half now. I joined January 2020, so right before COVID. Before that, I graduated from Olmis in May of 2019. And I was, before I came to Lockton, I was doing client liaison work for an insurance defense law firm. So I've been licensed in insurance since 2016, and I am very passionate about our industry.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I saw you went to Ole Miss, correct? Yes. And you studied marketing in Spanish? In I Spanish? did. Can you speak fluent Spanish?
1: I can, yes.
0: <laughs> wow. You yeah. got to gotta give me something in Spanish here. You know, maybe introduce yourself in Spanish. That's pretty cool.
1: Hola, me llamo Isabel y me encanta los seguros. I love insurance. But... There you
0: go. <laughs> I knew that word was insurance. i would heard that before. Okay, ah, good. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So two years at a big agency, locked in. That's awesome, yes. and you're loving it. College straight to a big time agency. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have another person on here. For those who can't see, Sydney Hedberg. Talk to me a little bit. Tell me about your background, where you're at, and uh, go from there.
2: Yes, Sydney Hedberg. Same as Isabel. Graduated from Ole Miss. I actually majored in risk management and insurance, so I am one of those. Did the same thing as Isabel, joined a big broker right out of the chute, joined with Marsh. I did the internship program in Houston, Texas, the summer track program is what we call it. Then I did the full-time two-year track program where you kind of get the entree into being a broker. I was in the energy division for two years, moved up to New York City. Um, Following my stint at Marsh, I ended up at the parent company, Marsh McLennan. My role is with a group called Advantage. We have four businesses under the parent company of Marsh McLennan. Marsh, Mercer, Guy Carpenter, and Oliver Wyman. So I was overseeing energy for the US and now I pretty much work on the public sector and natural catastrophes are my main focus. So all of the acts of God trying to come up with some sort of a risk transfer solution for those. So something different every day.
0: Wow, yeah. Now. I gotta talk to you for a second about girlfriend's guide to finance. What is that?
2: <laughs> Barney's Bergdorf's and bills. So went to Ole Miss. I was a child out there. Upon graduation, a lot of my girlfriends came to me, and you know, I'm getting kicked off the cell phone plan. My dad's telling me I have to buy my own insurance. I don't know what a deductible is. I have a debit card. What's a credit card? What's a credit score? Just kind of all of these things that you know, going through high school, I feel like they teach you how to play a recorder but they don't really, you know, teach you kind of life skills, you're going to know the there's circumference of a, you know, isosceles triangle or something, but not not really life skills. So just wanted to put it in very layman's terms, because I think women especially shy away from the topic of Finance or financial literacy, mainly because maybe they have somebody else that takes care of it for them, but it's also just a very overwhelming topic. And when I could put that into something digestible, the main goal there was just to have, you know, females empowered and build their confidence and in, in their knowledge of managing their own finances. And so it's been my fun little side hustle. And hopefully it feels like it's helped quite a few women and girls of all ages and hopefully some guys too. And it's those girlfriends, but it can be anybody. It's been really fun to have on the side.
0: Hey girl. Harry, that's awesome. I love it. And I love you went all the way back to recorder. I'm in that stage right now. I've got an eight-year-old that's learning Hot to play the cross recorder. Buns. Yes. Cross cross
2: buns. You're like, go to the garage. I don't want to hear it. Take it outside. I got
0: some, I got some PTSD going on right now because we had totally. the recorder playing in our house. All three of my kids now have been through the recorder and it's like, oh my gosh. So yes, they still do that to this day. Yeah, hot cross buns. That's fantastic. Okay, so straight out of college, both of you now in the insurance space, both of you young. And so that's one of the things that you know we're going to get into today, whether you're in Utah, New York, Mississippi, Texas, Arkansas, wherever you're at, it's the same problem we see all over the industry is there's not enough young people getting into the industry. Talk to me about, you know, what that looks like to you. What do you feel about that? Let's just jump in. One of you, go ahead and uh, give me, I don't care who it is. We'll go back to alphabetical. Isabella, you want to start?
1: Heath, I know we were kind of talking about this before we started, but like you, I'm a second generation in the industry. So I was very lucky to grow up and see what a great industry insurance is, and that had a big part of me ultimately joining it. I think it's a great opportunity for young people, especially right now with more and more people starting to retire or think about retirement. Now is the time for our generation to really, there's huge opportunity here and it's exciting. And no matter what your interest is, I think opportunity is there. And it's, you know, it might not be the most exciting thing to say you're going to get into insurance, but it really is a great industry for people, you know, coming out of college and starting to look for for more than just a job, but for a career.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Sydney, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I agree with Isabel. There's a stigma surrounding insurance, right? I mean, when I would tell my friends what I was majoring in, it's kind of like, all right, that's enough of that. Or or you get on an airplane, you don't want to talk to the person next to you, tell them you're an in insurance, but it can be as unique as you want it to be. And it doesn't have to be, it can be selling auto insurance, and that can be a great career as well. But I think there is just this, you know, if you think about what makes the world run, money and insurance, right? You can't do anything without it. And so, you know, you know, I was insuring oil rigs off the Gulf of Mexico, and now you think about, you know, weather insurance over for you know, crops in, you know, remote parts of Africa. And if they don't get enough rain, you know, this comes in and helps these farmers in order to be able to sustain. It's so much more in depth. than what my dad had always said about it Is it's pretty recession-proof, right? I think, you know, going into the pandemic, the panty, as I, we have discussed, I call it, there was a lot of uncertainty around what industries would remain, you know, the airline industry took a huge hit, retail took a huge hit insurance, maybe it dipped a little bit. But for Marsh McLennan, we've seen, you know, quarter of just rising, right? You can't do it without insurance. And so it is fairly recession proof or pandemic proof. And it's a really good career. And you get out what you put into it for certain.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And, you know, one of the things that, again, you know, we talked about earlier in Isabel, or is it, most people already know me because I have hosted a few of these, but I am second generation. And, you know, one of the things I, I told myself forever and Isabel, you may have been the same way. I'm not getting into insurance. I'm not doing it. In fact, I was a pastor for six years before I got into insurance because I was like, there is no way that I'm getting into this because like you said, it, it doesn't sound sexy or glamorous, but it is. And one of the things I've spoken to our local college here and the Gamma chapter here, because I want young people to understand there is some, some sexiness to it. There is a lot that goes into it. And like you just said, said you said it well, you can't do anything without insurance. You can't buy a house without it. You can't open a business without it. You know, we'll stop there for a second. When you come to, you know, shop small business, you can't even open that small business without, or shop local without having insurance. So there is some sexiness to it when it comes to that. But one of the things I want to dive into for a second I know you guys had you know told me I you know, kind of pre-rehearsed ahead of time, but I, I don't know what y'all pre-rehearsed, but we're going to see where we go because <laughs> I have my own agenda. And y'all are on my show right now. Not really. But anyhow, we're going to have some fun. But I do want to jump into for a minute because one of the things I've noticed when I talk to colleges and students about it is they don't even know what all the different players are in the industry. They just think you sell insurance and that's it. But there's so much more to in different positions within the industry, you know, Sydney, you want to talk on that for just a minute for me, or whoever rehearsed this part when y'all talk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know, <laughs> kind of a brief run through. You're totally right. You know, if you coming in, do you want to be on the underwriter side? Do you want to be the one that's coming up with if it's property, it's rate times value, pretty simple. Casualty, it's a little bit different. You know, the biggest thing I learned when coming into the broker side of things, and then for anybody listening that doesn't understand that is the broker is the middle person between the carrier and the client. People come to a broker because they have very complex risks and they don't want to do it. A lot of people don't want to do their own insurance. It's like why you have an accountant uh, to file your taxes. And so there are so many different facets of that, that industry. But when I came in as a broker, the first thing I learned was listening to my boss of how he negotiated with the underwriter. So at the end of the day, it's all sales. It's all trying to get them to come and you know, give you the price you want. So you can make your client happy. And then you could also be an actuary. There are so many different facets to it. And Isabel and I obviously both chose the brokerage side of things, but toss it back over to her and she can give a little bit more of, you know, I think it's great when you start in different parts of the industry because then you understand them a little bit more. I mean, Isabel, I think you probably have a great understanding of it with your background before brokerage. Yeah,
1: I completely agree with Sydney and, you know, where you start might not always be where you finish your career in it. I interned with a local agency uh, doing personal lines when I was in college and I loved it. It gave me a great foundation because insurance is insurance, you know, whether you're doing it for a homeowner versus property insurance for a company, you know, it's it does have the same basic ground foundations. I enjoyed my time on the personal line side. I just personally was looking for something bigger. I wanted to really help corporations and, you know, come in and really advocate for them and let them focus on running their business while we, you know, help them from a risk side.
0: Yeah, there you go. It's a problem, you know, our industry that people may not recognize that people are listening to the show. Agency Nation has great listenership from Agency owners that have been around for 30 years to young people that are listening. And so I do think that, you know, people don't realize, you know, and I walked in the room. I'm up on stage the first time I spoke to a group of college students and I'm talking to them like they should know what a claims person is or what a underwriter is or what this person does. And I said, by, you know, if I just, they look at me blank stares. I had, raise your hand if you know what an agent is. And they looked at me like I was an idiot or I had five heads. And I was like, okay. And I just go from the beginning and explain to them what an agent does, what a claims person does, you know, anything, you know, what an underwriter is, you know. And so I think you're right. How can we get that message out there even better for people to understand what these positions are, what they are? Should we start at high school? Do you have any ideas on this of how we can educate you know, the young people or people in general getting into our industry.
2: Well, everybody just needs to measure in insurance, right?
0: Yeah, Doesn't that sound I guess does not
2: that sound appealing? I know, right? I mean, even the top people in my company, everybody's—you know—nobody majors in insurance. You just kind of fall into it. And I'm over here raising my hand saying I did. I think yeah. you know, again, just like you said, Hazel, what we talked about on the finance side of things—it's it's overly complicated in a lot of ways, right? You throw these big words around, and I'm a big proponent. If we're in a meeting and people are tossing acronyms, I'm like, no. Spell it out because not everybody's going to know it. You know, it doesn't matter what level it is, but giving some sort of in high school, right? Like, let's come up with a class that covers all of this. Let's run the gambit on health insurance, personal insurance, how to file your taxes, how to open a bank account, how to take out a mortgage. You know, you send these kids off to school and they are, you know, signing their lives away potentially for you're going to a Harvard or something. A, what is that now? $80,000 a year. I mean, that's a huge amount of money that these kids are having to take out. Do they understand interest? Do they understand principle? But again, insurance is such a huge component of life. Understanding what a deductible is, understanding what a premium is. I mean, I'm doing my personal insurance right now and you know, the deductible was super low. I'm like, let's raise this up. And of course the premium drops, check out the limits. And it's just making those things more understandable. And then you know, does that foster into a career? I don't know, but making people more aware of what insurance is, I think is the first step, but also it's, it's, you know, when you're younger, I don't think like Isabel and I've talked about, nobody really says I want to be in insurance, but sometimes when your family is in it, my family was in the radio and cable TV business, but I wasn't even saying I want to be in radio and cable TV, but having kind of that baseline of, you know, well, this could be a career and it seems like you can make a pretty good family life, everything out of it. There's a really good balance there. So I think it's it's a component of making it seem, first of all, understandable, and then seem interesting and, and something different than just, you know, I want to be an investment banker and, you know, make a lot of money there. I'm like, you can make a lot of money here too. And you can have a really good quality of life.
0: Isabel, you want to add anything to that?
1: I completely agree. I mean, <laughs> Sydney, you nailed it. I agree. And especially, you know, in high school and in college, you know, finance and, you know, accounting, they sound so exciting. And like, that's where, you know, the money is, but I mean, insurance can be fun and, you know, it can be a great career and a great way, you know, to build your life. Sydney nailed it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, the cool thing about you two being so young and being where you're at, and, you know, your experiences already and your young age of, you know, you said you did personal lines already. You've done this. You've worked in a law firm. and that you've said, you've mentioned several things. You're doing energy. You're doing this. You're doing that. That's the cool thing about our industry. No matter what you're doing. I've, I've told my son this, he's 13. And that makes me so old. And I've told him, you know, he wants to like every 13 year old, he wants to be in the NBA someday. And I'm like, dude, the cool thing about insurance is Let's say you don't make it to the NBA. You could end up insuring a team or you could end up getting into a niche of sports, you know, somehow or, you know, insuring someone around that or, you know, my daughter is into this or that. I could tell her how hey, you could get into that niche. Or someone's into racecore. You could insure racecore. You mentioned farmers in Africa. You could insure farmers in Africa. You could do personal lines and you could make best friends with every mortgage lender across the country and help them to close more deals. There's so many different avenues, even within, no matter what that industry is, you could be a specialty underwriter in whole in one sponsorships. You could do anything. There's so many things you could do, hotels, restaurants, hospitality, you name it. So... I think there's so much sexiness out there to go with JT. It's bring sexy back. What do you say about that as far as different ways you can be in the industry and in different sectors or niches you can be involved?
2: I think, you know, talking about the coolness factors, look about, you know, Lloyd's of London over in the center of London. I mean, that entire marketplace, you walk in, huge square in the middle you guys have been there escalators going up and down all the syndicates sit around it's such a unique thing and how it was established right it was you know cargo marine hull insurance back in the day when i went in i was attracted to energy because there was a lot of money in it right they're like we're fracking we're doing control of well policies upstream midstream downstream you do get to choose just like you said Heath. i think we need to make this the idea of this career less of a fallback and maybe something to really like lean into right because mm-hmm. My dad, I remember I, at some point in my life, I was like, I'm going to be a sportscaster, you know, and follow the radio thing. And, you know, my dad is the most supportive person in the world, as my mom is. But, you know, he's like, there's only one Aaron Andrews, you know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like, you don't want to limit your dreams, but like, this isn't a bad fallback because you want to go in and you want to work with the NBA, like, you know, get into this, the communication media, practice it at one of the large brokerages or do it on the underwriting side at Chubb or AXA or Ace or what you know, XL, whatever you think it might be. But finding out that's really how you go through and figure out what you do want to do, what you do find interesting because There's nothing that says you just have to go into insurance. And if you, you know, you begin in the casualty practice and you're like, this is not super interesting, that you can't go into cyber. Or if you're on the brokerage side and you hate it, that you can't go to underwriting. When I was finishing my time at Marsh, I did not want to be a broker. I'd kind of figured out that much. I wanted to do something a little bit business development, a little bit more global corporate strategy. And I just looked within Marsh McLennan, we're seventy-six thousand, huge company, and there was an opportunity there. And so. It's kind of like there's so much that you can do, and Lockton is the exact same way. Just turn over those stones, make those connections, just as Isabel has, and it doesn't have to be a a linear path. You can bob and weave a little bit to find out what you really are good at and like to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Isabel, you've got, you're at Lockton. I guarantee you there's 50 or 60 niches probably just in your office alone of what different, uh, different producers are doing. Talk to me.
1: It's neat, and so I'm on our middle market team. So I work on our mid-sized accounts. Cool so stuff. it's really exciting, and what I enjoy is no two accounts are different. They all do different things, and they're in very different industries. And so it's great exposure, and it's great because you know I get to work with these sub practices inside Lockton, and you know there's an entertainment sphere and there's a sports sphere, and just seeing all these niches, and it's really neat to see just how in the weeds you can really get. You can take insurance you know, as a whole, and just, you can really get down, you can really drive it down. And so locked in a Marsh, I mean, they're both great organizations to really, to hone in on your skills.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, one of the things that I'm going to throw a curveball to you because it wasn't, you know, it's something we've talked about before, but I want to know from you two, as we're talking to an audience of agency owners, there's a lot of agency owners listening to this podcast that are saying to me that I hear every day the same thing of, you know, how do I attract talent for my agency? Or how do I attract talent if they're branch manager of an insurance company? How do I attract young talent to my agency or to my carrier? What advice would you give them as being young people yourself? We'll start with Isabel. What advice would you give them to say, here's how you can attract more young folk?
1: I think just to really show them the perks of our industry. I think, you know, like Sydney said, and I I know we sound repetitive, but insurance has the stigma and it has the stigma of just not a great stigma and not exciting. And it's not true. If the agency owners show just how exciting and how no two days are exactly the same and exactly, you know, what they've seen and their experience and what they've handled and just go through their experience and what they have found exciting and what's made them stay in insurance. I think that is something great
0: to show. Sydney, do you want to add to that? I would love to hear well, your perspective on what advice you would give somebody on attracting talent.
2: Well, on an agency side of things, Teeth. He- I think the biggest thing that rings to my mind is the entrepreneurial side. And that's the same thing as being in production, right? You really are an entrepreneur. You don't want to say you're not risking it as much, but you're not starting your own business, but essentially you do have your own book of business. And I think the biggest thing is just conveying that the sky is truly the limit. You know, whatever you get to, whenever you want to sell, I mean, sell, 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 keep going. And people want to be a part of something. That's the biggest thing. Marsh and Lockton both do a great job of that our leadership does a great job making people all feel inclusive. And you know, all the definitions that that has, but feeling like you are a part of something. But again, people want personal success, not above everything, but that's a key thing. And I think when people feel like they can drive their own bus, and they get to control their future and and where their future earnings go and, and their career path, that's something really empowering. And so the more you can convey that, and I think as well, Conveying the idea that it's a quality of life, right? That does not mean that our jobs are easy and we get to kick back at, you know, noon every day. But when I thought about going into iBanking, I mean a job at Goldman for the first couple of years or a job in a big four in accounting for the first couple of years, my life would look vastly different. And that just wasn't what I wanted. And some people do want that. And some people don't mind, you know, and again, you're gonna have to put in some hours, like Isabel's going through 10 ones right now. And that's a lot of hours to put in at that point in time. But I think there are so many perks to it. And again, it's just like going to college, you know, the grades you make the hands you shake, but it's what you want to put into it. You can build your book of business, you can figure out your pathway, but that's the biggest thing, empower people and, and make them feel a part of something.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And the way my father put it to me, again, talking to the agency side of this is when you sell a car or you sell a couch or you sell a piece of furniture, you'll probably never see that client again. You sell a piece of insurance or a policy, you're going to see them every year, several times throughout the year, because they're going to need to add a vehicle, take away a vehicle, do this, do that, endorse a policy, you know, add drivers, whatever it might be. You're going to build a relationship with that person. Talk to me about the relationships Sydney, we'll start with you talking about the relationships you built in this industry, what that's meant to you.
2: Paramount, right? That was a huge reason of why I got into it. It's a people business and you need to take the transactional nature out of it because nobody wants to, again, talking about brokers all going, you know, automated and the new age, and some of it will be because not everything needs to have that. But I think with the panty, again, you know, I think what that's taught us is people still want human interaction. And People do not want to feel like they just go to agent, you know, once a year and they talk, I mean, my agent, I adore her. She's fantastic for all my personal lines and they're just attentive. They check in, they make sure, Hey, I knew this was coming up. You were getting a new car. You were adding this it's The exact same thing in business, but just as much as it's important to make relationships on the client side, it's so important to make relationships within the companies. And I'm working a lot on that within Marshmack of We've got new hires coming in, new interns, recent graduates that they've never been in a workplace before. We need to make them feel a part of something because that's where I have really gotten to in my career at this point, albeit you know still starting but knowing people and making those connections because you know you make a good carrier connection, right? Like when I needed an underwriter or somebody to do me a favor on something, it's like the more you foster those, it's all about relationships. That is the number one skill. and I think again, that's probably something agencies should be pitching, right? You're a relationship person. You like talking. You like making friends with people. Like, this is a great place for you. Clients and colleagues put that above everything, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think you, you nailed something there. But I also think it could go both ways. If you love people and you're an extrovert, this is a great industry for you. But if you don't and you love numbers and you're an introvert, this is a great industry for you. But before I get any more into that, Isabel... Being at In and being at the places you've been so far in your career, going on with the relationship theme, have you found some mentors, you know, within Lockedin? You know, whatever you've been seeing lately, have you found some good mentors or what has that meant to you?
1: I'm very lucky in that lockedin has a great mentorship program and I have some great, great mentors, you know, on my team and, and different teams inside locked in. So it's great to have those internally, but I also externally, I mean, there's, I'm one of those people. I think you can never have too many mentors and you can learn something from everyone. And Sydney is a huge mentor of mine and I look up to her and I think insurance, I mean, it's the mentorship, the opportunity to grow. It's definitely there. It's especially right now.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, with you two and so many others, you know, coming up in our industry, they could add fresh and new ideas and you mm-hmm. can bring your own perspective to it. Sydney, tell me about that a little bit and what you're seeing as far as that goes.
2: Well, just like it's no secret that there, it's a barbell, right? You've got a bunch of older generations of people that have been working in the industry for a very long time. You kind of have a little bit of this gap. It's it's a little bit less now because I think people are starting to trickle in different, different age groups and then you have the really young ones. And again, I think age is just a number. I don't really particularly think it means very much but in terms of experience, it means a lot, right? Because you have gone through more things than somebody else has just by nature of the number of years you have been on this earth that you have been working. So again, that's a critical element of the office, but I don't particularly find that the office, I mean, that's very important, but I have been more connected throughout the panty than I was in the office, right? Because I think you kind of, you know, I ended up, you would sit meeting people, new people in person, because that's a huge thing. That was really important to be in person, but reaching out now, it's so much easier to connect with more people than just the ones that you sit around or just your team. And that's what I found. Again, it's been up to the, every individual to do that and to make those connections, but the mentorships it's calling on the people that are older than you. Hey, I have this issue. I don't know if it's an issue yet, but what would you do? What is your advice here? You have to be willing to. Listen and learn because to go in any age and assume that you know the answer to everything is just, you know, very naive. And you don't just follow blindly anybody's opinion on something, but somebody that's experienced it, like most of the time, they're going to try and help you and make sure that you don't make the same mistakes they do. If there's a situation I'm even slightly perplexed about how to solve, I will definitely go in nine times out of 10, they are people that are quite a bit older than me. Not always, but, you know, they've been there before. They've kind of, you know, had those missteps and, I think that that is a critical element of life in general, but especially in this industry, when you have have people that are so seasoned, I think the same way we can learn from them, they can learn from us. I was at dinner with a producer last night and she was saying the same thing on the insure tech side of things. She's like, I'm leaning on you. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm the right person for all the, all the tech stuff, but, but it is, right? I think that it is such a balance and the more the two generations or whatever are working together, we kind of eliminate that age gap, which again, it doesn't mean anything, but the experience gap is something that's significant. No,
0: You're exactly right. And as we're starting to wrap up a little bit, I want, I want to play a game here and I want Sydney and Isabel, I want Sydney, I want you to speak for just a minute. I'm going to ask the same question, but different ways. I want you to speak to the experienced agent and talk to them about what they should do to usher in some of those, you know, that are coming in, whether they're, younger or whether they're just coming in for the first time in an student or maybe it's a second encore career for them. And then Isabel, I want you to take from the other side. If you're a young person coming in or if you're new to the industry, what you should do to seek out in mentorship. We'll start with Sydney on that.
2: Well, this is probably good because everybody says that I'm like an 80 year old in a 28 year old body. So it works <laughs> out. But well, hey,
0: from- I get the other way. I get 21 year old in a 40 year old's body. So, there you go. You go.
2: Hey, you know, again, it's all, all just a number, but, what I have always noticed about older generations is people love to talk about their career, right? They love to share their experiences. So it takes younger, whatever inquisitive minds. And like when somebody, an older generation sees that in someone, it's like latch on to them, right? And they will latch on back to you. And that's when you just know that you have a good mentor mentee relationship. It's very transparent if it's postured for any reason other than growth on both sides, but, you know, be willing to listen to them. I have a boss who is tremendous he has had great success over his career in a lot of different elements but he puts me up when we have a big meeting he's like sydney's going to speak and it is not because he doesn't want to do it he's like he's still working but like he's made it right and he wants to help preposition me and so I think handing off the reins a little bit is something so important and you don't do it before they're ready or you don't let them go in and mess up a pitch, but sometimes internally, like maybe you do let them misstep a little bit, but it really does take investing in someone. And again, it has to be a two way street there, which Isabel will touch on, but noticing when someone is inquisitive, it's the Ted Lasso, right? Be curious, not judgmental. When you have someone That's incredibly curious, hone in on that and make sure that like you're giving them everything you possibly have, you know, telling upper management about them. There was a Wall Street Journal article when people are tracked by upper management or feel that they are being, you know, kind of watched in a good way. They feel they kind of have, you know, they just more confidence in themselves. And that is so critical. It's totally empowering.
0: Yeah. And if you're know, new in the industry and you're or young or whatever you want to call it. What should you do to seek out the experienced people, the old people like myself, so to speak? I can say that because I'm old.
1: <laughs> I think what you need to do is you need to take a step back and you need to think where do you want to be career wise, personal wise, whatever that is. And look around who's working around you and who do you look up to? You know, who do you say, you know, they are somebody that I look up to and, you know, they get their job done. They do it well. And there's someone that you look up to. They're working for the greater good. They, you know, they're mentoring you, you know, teaching you. They take the time out of their day to say, you know we just went through this meeting or whatever. Let's break it down. You know, especially when you're new, that means so much when you're new. And like Sydney said, there's acronyms flying around and, you know, insurance is very acronym heavy. And it's when you're new, you don't know what those mean. And especially being young in the industry, you have to constantly be a sponge and you have to soak in as much as you can. And just reach up any chance you get, you know, even if it's something you've never done before, say, can I sit with you while you do it? And can we go through it together? And I think just showing that you're invested in the industry means a lot.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And I think it's you know good for younger people who are listening to this right now to say, ask those questions. Don't be afraid. To say, hey, Sydney, you've been here a little bit longer than me. Can you tell me what that means? Or write down that acronym, you don't know what it means, and Google it. Or, you know, ask somebody, say, hey, what does that mean? You know, don't be afraid of that because people, like Sydney said, people love to talk about, you know, their industry. Talk about what they've been doing or brag on themselves or educate you, so to speak, because people want to know that they're helping out. I really do feel like our industry, especially in the insurance industry, we are about helping people. And we are about, you know, helping the next person up. We are a, you know, to, to quote the old saying of pale, male, and stale, we are an older industry and there are is a big need for bringing in new people and younger folks in our industry. And I think there is some sexiness to it. And you mentioned earlier, InsurTech, that's another thing that, you know, a lot of younger people are bringing to the table with new carriers in the InsurTech space and new opportunities there. Let's wrap up talking about that just a little bit bringing that sexiness to it and talk about that just for a few minutes.
2: I mean the tech side of things. I mean, think about lemonade, right? It's it's a big part of that and a big plus of that. It's it is simplifying it, right? It's it's making it easier. There was another one, Oscar was one that was trying to make health insurance easier for the millennial generation to purchase and everything. So well, Yeah, you got
0: branch, I, you got openly, you've got all these carriers, hippo, so carriers.
2: They're these unicorns, right? And I mean, you know, they make more money than some of the other unicorns, but I think that they're gonna continue. To come down the pike like that, right? But again, on my side of things, where I'm more focused is the innovations in mapping and modeling, right? I'm looking at Nat Cats. I'm looking at these, you know, formerly black swan events. They're not really black swan anymore. they were one in five hundred year. Now they're one in like every ten years. And and looking at the historical mapping and modeling in California, right? And you know. Traditional indemnity markets are pulling out. So, we've got to bring in parametric, we've got to bring in other ILS solutions. That is changing how we are approaching the markets, coming up with these new innovative ones, like laying a grid over a ski resort and saying, well, you know, this is what we should put in this box, and coming up with these solutions when formerly there would just have been no solution. Like, sorry, your rate's going up 500% on your property this year with no losses. It's coming up with Figuring out how to fill the protection gap, right—the difference between those actual losses and insured losses—and and closing that—and that's really where all the innovation comes in. It's coming up with something different, something more innovative. Again, it's it's bring, kind of bringing insurance into the the new age and following in those the footsteps of the really innovative tech firms.
0: Yeah, you're right. And there's, you know, I just talked to the owner of a company called Nearmap, and they do a lot of the same things with mapping and you know stuff like that. It's really cool and. There's so much that goes into that. And even going to Isabel's, you know, middle market and what she's doing, there's so much technology out there working with with mods, with workers' comp, and there's stuff that looks at commercial property and, you know, how to control risk better. There's so much out there that is exciting and it is sexy. There's a lot of that. Do you use some of that? And is that something Lockton's very involved in with the tech that helps you write better commercial business?
1: we're lucky we have a great, you know, risk control team and loss control. And we use a lot of technology to not only how do we manage the risks now, but also, you know, if a client's expanding into, you know, a particularly high flood zone, or like Sydney said, you know, over snow or whatever that risk might be to have that technology to not only manage the risk now, but also any potential risks. And so we're, we're able to be ahead of the game with them and whether or not that makes them change their plans or what we can at least do our part with helping them.
0: Yeah. You guys are so wise beyond your years. I think it's fantastic. I appreciate, you know, both of you and your perspectives and where you're coming from. I would love to get to continue this conversation, but as we do actually wrap up, I've said it earlier, but I like to talk. So is there anything that you guys that we didn't get to discuss as it relates to attracting, you know, talent to our industry that we didn't get into that you'd like to leave us with? Isabel, I'll start with you. Is there anything that I'm missing?
1: I think you nailed it. And, you know, just to reiterate one more time, you know, insurance can be fun. And Sydney and I have found a way to make it fun. And, you know, I think whatever that means for you, if you're a numbers person or if your relationship, I know that was something that was important to me. And, you know, to be able to talk to clients every day and to talk to the market every day, it really is a great industry. And I feel very lucky at, you know, at my age to have found just a great career path and a great industry to be in. And if you're at that spot where you're unsure with what you want to do with, you know, it's, it's daunting when you're graduating college and you're you're going to join the working world for how many years. And I really think if you're not sure with what you want to do, it's a great choice to make, whatever that might be for you.
0: Sydney, you're up. Anything <laughs> that I'm leaving now, anything I'm missing, anything you want to share, any last words of wisdom from the great Sydney Hedberg?
2: <laughs> well, it at my ripe old age of 80, I'm so glad that we have people like <laughs> you know coming into the industry. I think it's fantastic. And I, you know, we, we talked about this on, we did just another one on my BB&B page, but reach out to us. I mean, I had a, a girl that just joined our consulting firm and she reached out and we had a great conversation and, you know, ask people about their careers, how'd they get into it? You know, where have their stepping stones been? And it'll help you kind of visualize what your career could be. And again, you know, nine times out of ten, you ask somebody to go grab a cup of coffee or get on a Zoom, they're going to say yes. And I think especially in this industry, as we are trying to foster new talent and just keeping in mind that you can make it as interesting as you want and as lucrative as you want if money is what drives you with is great. Keeping that in mind and again, it doesn't have to be a fallback. Let's think about it in a different way. It's a burgeoning industry and I'm very excited to see all the new talent that comes in in the future.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much ladies for hanging out with us. Guys, don't forget, it's not too late to sign up for Agency Nation the Trilogy event, Elevate 2021 November 4th. It is completely free to big eye members. Do not forget that reach out to Stacy interested, or go to elevateconference.com. Thank you ladies. Hope you all have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you.